when you find these real moments of motherhood that I think are unifying, like it's so universal, no matter where you're bringing up kids, I think all of us are going through these different things together at different times, but we're all kind of in it together. It's a very universal part of our lives. Welcome back to Off The Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Yes. <laughs> so we got the mom squad here today. I love it. What, what? Yeah, Christine is like busy. I think she was like on her roof painting shingles last time she I was. checked. Yeah. She's unreal, that girl. Well, we got the moms. So let me introduce our guest. Speaking of moms, I recently met Samantha Goodstat. I just found out how to not butcher her name on a panel that we did together about pitching through this crazy pandemic. She is an actress, a host, writer, digital influencer, content creator, and co-founder of comedy duo, Don't Call Me Mommy. She is a published writer and a regular columnist for Parents Magazine and Romper and content creator for a half a dozen other sites. Sam has created and starred in shows for Mom.me, FabFitFun, Parents, and more. Her videos have over 9 million views. No big deal. Can we all just bow down for a minute? Because that's a lot of views. Along with her creative partner, Haley, she shot 11 videos for parents.com during the quarantine alone. They were just featured on CBS for Mother's Day as one of the funniest mom content teams out there. Sam was recently featured on Yahoo AOL in a series called In the Know and in Forbes magazine as one of LA mom influencers to watch. If you don't follow her already on at Don't Call Me Mommy on Instagram, you are missing out. So thank you for joining our Off the Grand Mom Squad today. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here, guys. Thanks so much. I had a great time, Jamie, meeting you on that panel. It was like meant to be. I started going deep on your Instagram. Likewise. (laughs) That was a really fun panel. You know, these digital, these virtual panels, man, they're kind of cool. Yeah. Well, so Sam and I, this is Heidi talking. Sam, I reached out to Sam when we started the podcast and because I wanted her on. I was like, you'd be such a good guest. And that's when we had like played around with the idea of flying to LA to shoot some of our LA friends. So like talk about like one thing from the pandemic being awesome is that we get to interview all these amazing people virtually, just like your virtual panels. Like it's, it's great to have an upside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's kick it off with the weekly catch-up topic. And we're going to talk about our best parenting hack that came out of COVID. I know, Sam, you've probably got 932. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, am I kicking it off? Yeah, kick kick it off. All right. Um, Is is bribery a hack? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it is. No, it's necessary. No, I've learned how to, you know, because we're home, obviously, together all day, and that's something different. And I had to hack that because there was a lot of organization that had to go into our life. So I've had many different lessons that I've learned, one of which is time organization, just in general for all of us. So I've been monitoring my kids' screen time because, shockingly, obviously, all of our kids are online way too much right now. So a little hack that I have is we kind of have a point system. You can do it with pom-poms, points, whatever it is. And they earn them throughout the day doing, you know, chores, listening well. I mean, my kids are little, so there's not much, you know, whether it's like bringing a dish to the sink after they eat. And then they earn them. And with that, they can earn extra screen time that's for fun. Or they can earn like Roblox money, which is something I didn't know existed until. Oh, my God. Roblox. What is it? It's like draining my bank account. (laughs) 
I know Heidi, our kids are too young. What is that guys? Okay. So Sam, this is the way I think about it. It's like you pay real money for fake Uh things, but it's mom currency. Like they, they buy like, I'll hear my kids being like, I traded a unicorn for a purple panda. And I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but it's my only mom currency because they want to own. But you pay for it. Oh, real money. Yeah. Oh yeah, real money for fake things. Dot Whoever created that is brilliant. <laughs> I'm but dying. My kids like, I want the mansion. I was like, okay. And then my other kids like, I want the igloo. I was like, all right. And so they're like earning it. I don't know what these things are, what worlds they're exploring. I don't really care. But it's been like helping. It's funny too, because my yeah. kids are 10, 8, and 7, and it has the same currency. Like my 10-year-old wants Roblox. I don't even know if it's pronounced Roblox or Roblox. I'm like, I don't even honestly police it that much. I just know that my three kids are obsessed with it. And it is the only thing where I'm like, oh yeah, well, if you do your 15 to 20 minutes of reading, (laughs) you can earn. And it's like, okay, ding, 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 ding. That's my mom. I I can just (laughs) hear you, Megan. I can just hear that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, Heidi, I think we're right. We're right behind on that, right? Like I have, I have other weird things are doing on the tablet, but I agree with you, Sam, like creating a separate space for homeschooling was actually really important for me. Like my son is in school now, but at one point there was like a a case of COVID in his school, not in his class and nowhere near him, but I just immediately brought him home for two weeks because we're not messing around. And that's like my, that's my stake in the ground. Like anytime that there's anything, an exposure, we bring him home for two weeks. And so when we do do that, so we're basically like, we've been 50, 50, we created his own school, like in a guest bedroom. That's why you you moved to PA. And I think it's so important. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Exactly. And I think it, but I let him decorate it. So he didn't feel so forlorn when he was watching. Cause by the way, not all the moms did this. So like half of his friends are still in class and he's watching them on the zoom. He's zooming into a class that he's not allowed to go to, but his other friends are. So I'm like the mean one, right? So I let him decorate his space, you know? So there's like mom hacks like that. And I feel like those are the practical ones, but also the bribery ones and and also the creative. Okay, when you're a boy mom, it's all about, it's the same tactics you use with your husband, right? It's all about mom guilt. So like, he just wants to make me happy. So he'll not want to go outside and I'll be like, so Mace, you know how like mommy doesn't leave the house much because of like, you know, the cold that's going around. I get really sad when I haven't left the house all day. Do you think you could take me out for a walk? And then he'll all of a sudden grab my hand and be like, okay, mommy. And now it's like his job to to cheer me up. So I use a lot of like that. Brilliant. Same manipulation I use with my husband, basically. Those are such great hacks. I got like a pop-up unicorn tent for the twins. My twins are five that like pops up into like a castle and it has like, actually I had my sister get it for them for her, their birthday. Cause you know, <laughs> um, it's more special that way. So there's like a ring toss and like all these things. So that's like their special place. So totally in all agreement with like, they need their special areas, but we live in Manhattan in an apartment. So like a pop-up tent is a great way to create space. And also they can bring it to the rooftop and not be around people and still be outside and be in shade. And then I also discovered mosaics during um, this, which is probably more of a girl thing because my two-year-old son could care less about anything. (laughs) He's so easygoing. But for the twins, it's the, the mosaics. They're like stickers and each color has a number. So it's like really on point for them. And I've seen kids much older be so into them. That's actually how I found it is one of my mom friends who had 
like a 12 year old daughter was doing them. And I'm like, I think the twins could do that. And this 12 year old sat at the dining room table and just like focused on this for the longest time I've ever seen a kid do anything of their own volition. And my twins will do it. Like they need a little more handholding than a 12 year old. I have to tell them like, you know, where the, the pink glittery square goes on five and the, you know, and then they do all the fives and then the next one, but like such a time consuming process. And then, right. you know, it's like unicorn and glitter and rainbows when it's done. So the girls are thrilled. Um, so I discovered mosaics. <laughs> I love that. You know what I went back to? Old tried and true. I ordered Lightbrite off of eBay. (gasps) I love Lightbrite. Yeah, somebody gave it for the twins at their last in real life birthday party. So it must have been four. They gave them Lightbrites. And I was like, whoa. Oh, I'm totally, I'm totally Amazoning that up. My kids would love that. And like Shrinky Dinks. Yeah, we did Shrinky Dinks in COVID in the quarantine too. Totally going back. What takes more time? All of my favorites from my youth. Right. What takes up, what kills two hours? Totally. All right. These are amazing. And I love these. Let's move on to the topic because I want to hear what Sam has to say. Hold on. I got to talk about my sweat this. Oh, I got to oh, yes. talk about my Because we're talking oh, about products yes. we love. And I have one, guys. I have got to tell you guys about this product. So, all right. Like, obviously, like we're going to be talking about parenting during a pandemic today. And so sometimes you just need to gift yourself to make yourself feel better. Like sometimes it's not about what you can do to make your kids less torturous. It's just like, how can you make my own spark joy, James? (laughs) Yes. Or maybe you're just like looking for a no brainer gift, you know, for, for friends and family as we come up to the holidays. So I want to talk about my new obsession. I've shared about this a million times on social media. It's called comfort revolution. I cannot get enough of it. Okay. So it's a company that does these ridiculously amazing pillows and bed toppers that make your bedroom like a Zen spa. I love your posts about this. I always love them so much. It makes me want to like dive in. (laughs) It's legit. So like they started with like an amazing memory foam cooling gel pillow, like kind of the old tried and true, like traditional type of pillow. And then they expanded into like all these amazing collections that deliver on a promise of like sleep wellness, which I just think is a very fancy way to say it. But like I got the aromatherapy collection is there a lavender one? My daughter's obsession is la- that's what I need. Pillow shopping they is have hard. lavender and they have chamomile. Well, let me tell you what this is though. It's like, okay, so it's like a memory foam pillow, but it's covered in a case that actually has essential oils and they're wow. released with the friction of your body. So it, you don't even smell mm-hmm. it until you lay on it. And then it like gently releases and it's crazy. It's like been a game changer in our new house. And then they also have this really cute one, which really spoke to me. It's called good night and glow. So that's like overnight care for your hair and skin. So it's like a luxe beauty blend, like an antioxidant blend infused in a mulberry silk draped pillow. Well, as long as it's silk and not causing wrinkles, I'm on. (laughs) Yes. It like reduces friction on your skin and your hair. Yeah. It's like really cool. So anyway, I love them. I'm obsessed with them. So I wanted to talk about them because they are sharing a code with our listeners. It is off the gram 10 and you will get 10% off of all products on the site and free. I want it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome in advance. Okay. Now you can talk about the topic. All right, ladies. Have you ever (laughs) caught yourself taking yourself way too seriously? It can be a really delicate balance being a responsible grown-up slash parent, yet leaving yourself the space to laugh at yourself when you royally screw up or drop the ball or simply find yourself dripping with vomit, pee, or worse from your newborn at three in the morning. With mainstream and social media being filled with picture-perfect parenting, it can be 
challenging for any parent to give themselves a break. Add a global pandemic into the mix where moms are expected to work from home while homeschooling our children and cleaning and cooking and being a partner. And we just might crack. (laughs) Enter Sam Goodstadt. She's going to chat with us today about finding that much needed levity and humor while parenting during a pandemic. We all need help with that. And she is the queen. Help us, Sam. (laughs) Thanks, guys. You know, I started Don't Call Me Mommy when my kids were so little um, with my partner, Haley, and we were in it. Like, you know, it was one of those things where we sat down and had drinks together. I remember it was our first time getting out of the house probably in like months and we hadn't seen each other. We've been friends for years, but it was actually our first time since becoming mothers that we went out together, just the two of us. And I remember like the topic was like, if we're not laughing about something, we're crying. Like it's like two extremes. And what I like about comedy is there's so much truth in comedy. And when you find these real moments of motherhood that I think are unifying with like, it's so universal, no matter where you're bringing up kids, I think all of us are going through these different things together at different times, but we're all kind of in it together. It's a very universal part of our lives. And it was a way to build community. It was therapy for us. And I always like to think that anything that goes on in my life, if eventually it's going to be funny, that's kind of always been my, my mindset. Like it might suck right now. It can be anything, but eventually I'll find a way to laugh at it. Cause that's just kind of what I like to bring to a situation. So I've been going through, especially I've been super inspired during COVID because it's been so hard and I'm like, I'll get moments during the day where I just write down like 10 ideas. And I'm like, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to write about this. Oh my God. Like I was doing, I had to bring uh, my computer into my kid's playroom and it was like sitting with my coffee and everything spilled everywhere. And I literally wanted to cry and I wrote it down because I was like, I'm going to laugh at this same thing. And I'm going to write this down. This is going to be a sketch, you know, or my husband and I are fighting because he can't find his ear pods because we're spending way too much time together. And like, we're just fighting about whatever we're going to laugh at this. Like, so all those moments. And it even like my husband and I were in the car one day having a little row, as you say. And I looked at him in the middle of it and I was like, you know, I'm going to use this for something. And then we both started laughing. So things like that. That's why I'm like, this is why I'm doing this. That's amazing. I love <laughs> that. And I really think and we, we've been doing the same thing. Like, first of all, how much are you just like fighting with your spouse just to like break up the monotony of the day? Right. Like, but like right in the middle of it, we'll both just look at each other and be like, what are we even talking about? You know? And like, that is such a real moment. I think of being a mom and being like in just these real life situations, we have been on top of each other. And I love that it it sounds to me though, like it's kind of like a gut check in the middle of a situation where you're realizing this isn't actually so heavy after all. And you, it's almost like you're able to change your perspective by realizing that later on you'll have the hindsight. Yeah. It's this outlet that I'm telling you, it's been like therapy (laughs) meets community because whenever we put something out there, um, especially our series, it was called Shit No One Told You. Our first episode was about like breastfeeding, sex after baby. We had so many moms write like, thank you. Cause I remember being in like my first mommy and me with my first son, he was like a few weeks old. And I was like holding my hand back because I didn't know any of these new moms that were about to be like, hopefully my new best friends in a new city. And I wanted to be like, why does 
sex suck. But I didn't want to be that mom in the group too. So like, I didn't ask it, but I was thinking it. And then down the road, I was like, oh, right. Cause I'm breastfeeding and my hormones are all over the place. And then, so we made an episode about it. Like those kind of things that were super awkward at the time, but that we were like shared with the whole world later. You know, I kind of think it's funny. Like I always think that therapists are some of the most apt up people which is like probably true. You know, a lot of them go into therapy because they have, you know, they need to figure out their own stuff. And like in a really serious way, I almost feel like this is better. This is better than like being a therapist. It's almost like, be, you know, it's like having this insight on kind of human nature in a way that you bring levity to it. It's almost more constructive. It's like a more constructive way to unpack what's going on in your life. Yeah, it's been, it's great. And and my favorite part is the community part where like, you know, moms will reach out to us and I'm connecting with other moms, like all over, like you guys, um, through just talking about these real truths, you know, in, in the vehicle that I know how, which is through comedy. And I think there's different ways to, you know, talk about all these things, but that's kind of my vehicle always. It's always been my comfort to sort of talk about things through comedy. So Sam, it's hard to be funny. What is your background? Like, how did you evolve into this, into this role? Right? Like, it's not easy to be funny. Well, I like to say I'm Canadian. We're very self-deprecating by nature. Um, I, you know, I grew up, in, my family was all jokes all the time. My, my middle brother was actually like super funny. He was that sibling that like got out of everything. My mom would be about to like get really angry and like you'd hold his hand in a high five. And like, she'd be laughing so hard. I'm like, dude, you were just about to send him to his room. Like, why does he never get in trouble? But um, like, I was just really into watching comedy movies. My parents exposed us. I don't know why they let us watch like really inappropriate comedies when I was young. <laughs> the 80s. Um, but I had a lot of amazing like movies that I saw that were inspiring to me. And I took Second City when I was really young, like sort of my early teens which I think was really formative because I learned how to, you know, get out all these things that were going on in and, and learn improv and learn to lean in and be uncomfortable and all those things that I think help you start to figure out how to find the funny in moments. And like I say, you know, comedy is really just like pain. <laughs> they're, they're kind of the same thing. A lot of comedians are actually really dark people and um, I don't do stand up, but I think, you know, there, there's a lot of stand-up comics are very serious people when you meet them in real life. Um, but like a lot of improv and, and just finding comedic beats, I think is just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cause a lot of it is sharing super uncomfortable. Sometimes I like to do self-deprecating comedy. I never like to make fun of, and we're pretty clean in our comedy too. So a lot of it is about ourselves making fun of ourselves <laughs> and those in our inner circle. Who are the guys in those videos? All of your shoes. I'm like, mm. are those their husbands or? <laughs> new, new. So my husband doesn't exist on social media. It's hilarious how many people think our different like oh. guys are my husbands. There's a male model that we use for a lot of our stuff. And he's really funny too. He's an actor. Um, but we cast a lot of our, our husbands, quote unquote, We've used um, some of the guys from The Bachelor, who we adore, um, and we have used a couple like comedic actors in LA that are working actors, um, super talented guys that we've worked with, and we sort of like 
handpick them, which is the best thing about having your own business. You can kind of like pick. <laughs> like, you're and cute. Then- <laughs> Want to be my husband? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're cute and funny. Um, and then, yeah, like we've honestly kept it in our circle. Like I have been in an acting workshop since I've lived in LA and it's filled with such talented people. And it's been so great casting them in our stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And we reused a lot of the same. So in like my shit, no one told you series, this guy, Zach, Selwyn has always played my husband and this guy Sydney always plays Haley's and then uh, Nick Vial from The Bachelor played my husband in our parents series things like that and Ben Higgins from The Bachelor played my husband's in another parents series awkward I want to talk about some of the some of the situations that you found yourself in that have become comedy and because I'm sure we can relate like we yeah. talk a lot about sex like some of us are some of us are more conservative than others I feel like Megan and I are like blah 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 we talk about everything I used to be a cosmoer so I'm <laughs> right. like exactly awesome. what else <laughs> yeah some people fall like in between but I feel like there's just so many things like and I talk about this all the time I feel like no one tells you that like the whole beginning part sucks of having a baby. It just, it sucks. And and you're led to believe that it's all rainbows and butterflies. And then you feel so guilty when it's not, yes. I think. Yes. And when I started sharing about that on social media, people were like, oh my God, they, I know I'm not the first person in history to share about this, but I think it's undershared about, Definitely you know, people want to like save face, right? They're Absolutely. afraid they're going to be shamed. Yeah. And people like to relate. You know, one story that sticks out to me that was really awkward for me, my two breastfeeding experiences were really different just because of where I was at in my life. With Ryder, he never took a bottle. So I was pretty much like always able to go home and breastfeed him kind of privately. I was like, you know, you're newer at it. And that was, that's what we did. He never took a bottle. That, That was it. For 15 months, I was able to manage that. So with Asher, I got a job working for Nylon Magazine when he was six weeks old. And that meant all of a sudden I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I now have to be like best friends with this breast pump and take it with me on these shoots for a millennial magazine where nobody has a kid. And I'm the only one that has a kid. And I didn't tell anyone at the beginning, just my cameraman knew. So I'd be like interviewing like Dakota Fanning and be like, oh, I have to take 10 minutes. And I'd like run to my car, which was parked in like the Hollywood Hills, just like boobs out like. And so no one told me how many embarrassing moments would come out of that. Like when I was at a music studio and four guys walked in while my, all my clothes are off and I'm just like milking myself on the floor. Um, no one told me about the like hot guy that would be running by my car and like stop and peer in while I have no shirt on pumping. No one would tell me what it was like to spill milk all over my outfit and have to go back and interview like six young Hollywood, like machine gun Kelly type people. Like no one told me these things. And at the time I wanted to die, but it was, it was comedy gold. And we did a whole episode about it, Totally. but I had such a complicated relationship with that. Like I hated my job at the time. I hated leaving my baby. I felt very alone and very isolated. And, and all those embarrassing moments felt like I was failing. Do you have any advice to give to anyone else in a similar situation? Because I feel like it's more and more common for a mom to be like the only mom in a situation full of millennials. And do you have any advice from that? Yeah. Other than laugh at yourself? I would say, (laughs) yeah, I would say don't do what I did. I felt like my job would be in jeopardy if I told, because I was working remotely. Their offices were in New York. So I was the only LA hire. I was kind of freelance. As long as I delivered what I had to, no one was the wiser. But I felt if I had just been like owned it, and I think that comes with age and confidence, 
you know, I was 32 and I don't think I had the confidence of being like, this is my second kid. Yeah. I work at your magazine. I can do both. Cause I'm badass. I didn't own that yet. And that, if it was me now, I would totally own it. So I think that comes with like experience, but I would say own it. Like you can do all of it. You got your job because you're really good at what you do and you can be an awesome mom too. So tell everyone that you have your kid, be proud, show them pictures, like bring your breast pump, let it lay out during whatever you're doing. Like it's okay. Moms are, moms can do it all. And I think I wish I'd given myself that grace during that time. Um, When I finally did come clean, it was like a year later. I remember my boss, she had like flown in and we were doing this shoot and she was like, oh, cool. Like she, she didn't even care. I did have like an intern walk in on me once though, when I was pumping, I, when I was still in PR and the look of horror, because young people that don't know what pumping is, first of all, that noise will haunt your dreams if you're on right for the rest of your yeah. life. But I did yeah. have an intern because I was wearing like a, like a dress or a jumper that I had to pull all the way. Like yeah. I just had to, there was no just like, you know, yeah. it was, it was a shock. She was not, she was not expecting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think she was very frightened, but I will say like, yeah, you have to own it. I, <laughs> I tell the story a lot when I did my audition for QVC to, cause I'm, uh, I think I told you this, but I sell like active wear on QVC. Awesome. So I did an audition and my agent had come to me and she was like, I have this audition for you. Um, it's for active wear. I'm like, well, I hope they don't want me to wear like a sports bra and little shorts. Like, um, <laughs> two weeks postpartum. I just had a C-section, <laughs> like, get, you know, she was like, you know, I understand if you don't want to go. I'm like, no, I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I drove down to Pennsylvania uh, where QVC is and I'm pumping in the backseat of the car before I go in. And I wanted to like not wear granny panties. I was still in the hospital grade granny panties from the hospital with that big pad. That's like the big <laughs> diaper. The ice? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I have to wear a thong. I'm selling activewear. So like, oh God. this was, this is no, the story gets bad. I hope, I mean, it gets kind of bad. No, but basically it luckily didn't get bad, but it was on the precipice of bad. Ooh. I basically just, you know, went in and I was of course auditioning against like all these young girls and I'm in my little like activewear and I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of feeling things out and I'm realizing the cars, it's really far. It's really far from where this audition is. And I'm like, really hope I make it, you know? So basically by the end of the day, I had gone to the bathroom 75 times. I'm like, it, like, what are they going to think if I'm like, hi, love your clothes, bled and lactated all over them. So I think, that, I guess they're mine now, but it didn't happen, but it was like these clothes. And my mom, of course, who um, was on Good Morning America for like 20 years, told me a story about when she was uh, interviewing somebody very important. Like it wasn't a president, but it was like somebody like a president. It was like some like a big politician and she was wearing a silk blouse and she just lactated right through her blouse. And she said, like, you know, Jamie, that it was such a different time back then. It was so taboo to even admit that you had boobs or certainly to say breastfeeding. Like people would have been horrified. She's like, yeah, that's not today. So like you can just own it. You don't have to make an apology. And I think that is a good message. Like I also similarly, when I was interviewing for Nylon, it was a dude that had flown in from New York. And again, didn't know I had kids and I have a new, you know, newborn at home. I think I interviewed when he was two weeks old and it was close. Like I, my house was in Venice at the time. And this was like the Viceroy in Santa Monica. It was like 10 minute drive. But I left the baby at home with my mom with a pump because I had timed it. I fed the baby and I was like, the interview is going to take a half hour. I'll get there t- 10 minutes early. 
So when I get to the Viceroy, I finally like dressed up first time out of the house, probably wearing like the granny underwear. Um, I get a call that he's running an hour and a half late and to get myself a drink and chill out till he gets there. I had to hand express my boobs in the public bathroom at the voice store. And a woman walked in, I was like squeezing milk out. Cause my mom's like, I don't know all the parts I can't bring. What do I do? Like she couldn't bring me the pump with all the little parts and like the baby. She's like, I'll bring him to you. I was like, no, don't bring him to the Viceroy. <laughs> so, I just remember a horrible moment. And then the guy showed up as if it was like, no big deal. Like, did you have fun waiting? I was like, no, I didn't have fun waiting. Oh my God. That's crazy. All those moments that like you don't, like wouldn't have been a big deal if I, you know, if I didn't have a kid, I would have like had, I would have been three drinks in by the pool, like slosh for the interview. <laughs> totally. I once asked the the front desk staff at Barry's boot camp if they could hold my breast milk in their fridge. They declined, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I mean, you know, it never hurts to ask. <laughs> Gotta have to ask. Yeah. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I think like when moms start sharing those moments, it normalizes it. And I think it makes moms feel less alone and like, you know, we're kind of all in this and we all get it. And then you can kind of laugh at it later, even though it's horrifying when it like your story would have been horrifying in the moment, Jamie, but now it's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I kind of thought it was funny right then. I was like, wow, this is weird. This is super awkward, but kind of hilarious. I think that's the best place to get like me personally. I, so Sam, I'm a yoga teacher and my biggest thing is laugh at yourself. Like there are poses that I call fall on your bum pose. You have to laugh about it and get back up. And like, that's the whole point because it's how yeah. you approach anything is how you approach everything. So you can fall on your bum doing a, like an, a silly balance in yoga. Like you'll be able to laugh at yourself when you fall on your bum, you know, hypothetically in real life. So I, but how do you think, like, how can you get to that place? Like, how did you get there to where you could be like, Oh, this kid just vomited in the car. Oh, number two vomited. Oh, number three vomited. (laughs) Like, how do you get there? I think it's almost like you, it's like anything. I mean, you're a great example. You're a yoga instructor. I think it's like teaching yourself these rituals. And if you do it enough times, you know how they say when you smile, like you release all these endorphins and you immediately like even now I'm smiling like I feel better I actually when I'm having a really really shit day I'll actually do a fake smile and it does somehow ease it up so I think finding the humor in things is similar like we we went through some hard stuff last year I was actually pregnant and I lost it was my first miscarriage I've ever been through and it was like the one of the hardest things I've had to go through but now in hindsight not like sitting here laughing jolly about it but I've been able to find the gifts from that I've been able to find some of the moments where I'm able to be like, you know, oh my God, that crazy day that we had, you know, in these moments that my husband and I went through, it's not so heavy. A, because I like, I remember opening up to some other moms about it and finding that. But I think no matter on that scale of like a really heavy moment to like your kid having a poop blowout in on an airplane, <laughs> true story. Um, I think those moments, it's like a, you teach yourself and it becomes something that becomes second nature like smiling when you're having a bad day. If you can remind yourself that or like breathing, I think if that's something that you can start to do and teach yourself, it starts to become second nature. Cause now I can immediately go to that, like letting it like roll off my shoulders a little and know that in time, this too will be funny to me. I will be able to, to turn this situation around somehow and like make it funny, find the levity, you know, find the upside of this. 
I would say too, I wish I had documented more of those moments. Like I wish I had video of poop throughs. Like I wish I had a video of my son James painting the wall with shit. Cause that would be right? such amazing footage to have right now and be like, oh, yeah, remember this. <laughs> and I don't. Cause you're like in the moment, it's like, oh my God, you just shit yourself at a Mexican place and now I can't eat. Yeah. I wish I documented but Charlie. I think- Totally. I mean, gold. I was thinking about when you were saying right? how, like, it's there, Sam, when you were saying how it's therapeutic for you to, like, be like, oh, this is going to be comedy soon. Like, well, I'm going to turn this into something. And I was thinking, I'm like, okay, but how can everyone listening use that? And, and maybe, maybe it's just, maybe you have a, you know, journal or a diary and you write it down. And then later you can go back and be like, James, see what you did. Like, you know, so like, at least there's like a record. I I think a journal is great. Um, Also like the note section of my phone. When I have something like, like I said, my husband and I were driving in the car the other day and literally he was blaming the fact that he lost, it was again, just life in quarantine, but like he lost his ear pods and he's like, no one helps me with anything. And I'm like, I literally can't help you. I, I, you're beyond help with finding that you're lost things. And he's lost like 20 masks over like the one that you pick, like the nice cloth ones that I buy him. Like just, and so, but I wrote it in my notes section on my phone. Cause I was like in the moment really heated. I was like, oh, it's not my fault that you lose all your stuff. And I wrote it down and when I looked at it later. So I think if you can, yes, keep a journal by your bed, use your note section on your phone or your computer. Somehow, if you can write it down, you know, take a photo or video, even please, in the moment. Please do that. And, <laughs> right. Just for Megan. Just for me. Cause um, my kids don't do funny shit anymore. <laughs> Cause hindsight is everything, right? Cause in the moment, it's not funny. Usually like in the moment you either want to cry or like punch a wall or like disappear, or lock yourself in a bathroom, whatever it is. But I think if you can like, it's training yourself, I think just have a different mindset and it really does help. And I think also when you talk with your friends, like say you have a group of mom friends and you can bring up these things and find a way to kind of be in it together. It also like really creates community and like these deeper, you know, moments of friendship that we all are like, yeah. I'm also documenting just like kind of funny, cute, interesting things my kids say that like I wouldn't share with my friends because they'd probably feel like shut up about your kid. Grandma's totally want to hear about it. But like my son, James, he's eight. He runs into my room this morning. He's like, I grew taller overnight. I'm taller. I'm taller, mom. I know it. I grew taller overnight. And it was just like- What time was that, Megan? (laughs) It was probably like, I let everybody sleep because I'm like immunity, sleep more. Great. Right. But like, I'm like, what a like special magical moment that might make my friends throw up in their mouth because they don't want to hear about my kid's cuteness. But grandma sure does. And I keep those little moments in a journal because like, it's just it's sometimes it's a reminder when things feel really, really hard that there are these like little magical moments of awe that the things kids experience and see and do for the first time and really believe like he just grew tall overnight. He woke up taller and he can feel it. So cute. It's magic. Yeah, I think writing these things down, because I forget, I'm always like, oh, I'll remember that, right? Like when your kid said something, and then like two days later, I'm like, what? I don't remember anything from yesterday. (laughs) Much less 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll never forget, like, the poop blowout in the middle of my mommy and me yoga class, which happened, like, with Mason. I did not have another that. See, and you learn by um, it's trial and error with kids, right? I I didn't know you were supposed to bring a second 
back up one day. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So he went out with no pants, mother of the year, yeah. you know, like you don't forget those, but yeah, some of the, some of the more subtle ones, it would be nice to have a bit of an archive. Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, I took James, my James, who's two, he'll be three soon, um, on a flight to Cali from New York for a friend's wedding when he was four months old. And for me, honestly, I had twins first. I was like, it's one baby. It's nothing. Blah, blah. This is all so easy. I need nothing. Like I really went a little too far in the like, this is nothing way. I did have a backup onesie for him, but I guess, you know, the pressure of the plane (laughs) really (laughs) messes. Really did a number on him. (laughs) so he had his first poop blowout i went back and i cleaned it and then he had his second one and you know they go like through the diaper and you're like oh god and it's like you know pj said i know so i took my infant off the plane when we finally landed in a poop covered onesie because like girls he was naked I mean, what else are you going to do? But see, like moms are numb to that. I feel like it's like the same when you're a dog owner. Like I never would have thought dog poop wasn't gross, but now that I pick it up all day, I don't even think anything of it. Like if you don't have a kid, that's disgusting. But if you've had a kid and you've seen a lot of shit, like it's like, okay, poop throughs happen. What what advice Mm -hmm. do you have? Because I feel like you'd be good at this. So not just things like, you know, I think the obvious one is like nursing when you're nursing your child on a plane in public, like totally covered all the things. And like, people are like, oh, that's disgusting. Or like, maybe you're at a restaurant and your kid's having a fit and like, you're trying your best. Like, how do you, what advice do you have for moms? Like in a funny way, cause it could lighten it up to the person who's never had a child ever, who's freaking out next to you. Like what advice do you have about that person to sort of like calm it down, diffuse the fire? Mm. I've definitely been in those situations. We, so we used to fly a lot to the East coast cause we have family in Canada And I remember we were with, I was pregnant, super pregnant. I was like six months pregnant. And my other son was like, you know, 18 months and he was on my lap. Um, cause we thought it was smart to not get him a ticket with my stomach that way. Um, and I remember they were like de-icing the plane cause yeah. Um, and we were stuck on the ground. It's already a five hour flight, but we were stuck in Toronto for another two hours as like there was snow and we were snowed in. And I remember like Ryder was having a hard time. And this like 20 year old dude in like a suit, you know, turns around. He's like, your kid should be on the no fly list. And I'm just coming at it with like, cause it was total, like he was like mom shaming me, but he wasn't even a mom. I was like, dude. So my advice is to take a deep breath and realize most of the time when someone says something about your kid or is like giving you the side eye, or it's not even about you or your kid. It's about whatever they're dealing with. Sometimes it's not worth even saying something something to them. But like my kids, we, t- we we do a lot of adult things with them. We always have. We took them to cool restaurants when they were little and they were wild. And I would sometimes just have a funny remark. Like if someone was like horrified as my boys were like pulling their pants down, trying to sword fight with like the knives at the table. I was like, oh, they're like puppies. They just need to go out. Like I would always have like a line ready or something where it was like, again, like a joke back at myself, but I would never let anyone make fun of my kids. Like I have that mama bear thing where it's like, you can me, but like not them. Cause like, even when they're <laughs> naked sword fighting with knives, they're still perfect <laughs> to me. So um, I am very protective of them, but I usually will not engage because I don't think it's usually worth the time to engage with people who will mom shame other moms. But sometimes just again, like being able to like, 
look at it from their perspective. And especially if it's a funny moment, like your kid's having a hard time at a restaurant and like, you know, you can kind of just like laugh and smile. Sometimes it's just releasing the tension that way. Um, I've heard cute stories of parents like buying rounds of drinks for people on an airplane. Like, I think that's cute. It's not necessary, but it's cute. Um, you know, things like that. But the guy who told my child he should be on the next fly list, I just like, I just ignored him. And I actually whispered in Ryder's ear, didn't understand. I was like, kick his seat harder. <laughs> that guy deserves a, a swift kick in the balls, by the way. That, that is Seriously. a thing to say. But like, yeah, he doesn't get it. Yeah. You know what they say in the South about people like that? Bless them. Oh, bless his heart. Right? Bless his, exactly. That's what went through my head. I was like, bless you. You'll have a child soon, hopefully mm-hmm. one day. And you'll know what this is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not bad. I'll say in front of my kids, you know what? Just ignore. You don't, they must be very miserable. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> said that too, Meg. That's smart. <laughs> I love the pat, yeah. the passive aggressive, uh, yep. yeah, approach. Mm. Yeah. And then I've had kindness too. Like I remember I was by myself on the flight with maybe one or both kids, that same five hour flight. And this woman was sitting beside me and I had to pee and I was sweating and I was like holding him is one kid. And she's like, she, I, I, I could tell she was like a grandmother. Like she had had some, she had some family sitting behind her. She was like, do you want me to hold him for a bit? So you, cause like my arm, I like, I couldn't move it. And oh. I just remember being like, okay. And it was like so kind. And she held him for like 20 minutes just so I could like stretch a little shift That's into so getting nice. back in my arms. And I just remember being very moved by that. And I have a lot of empathy now when I travel and see moms with little kids. And, you know, I've had a mom give me Motrin on an airplane. Cause again, as a newbie, I didn't pack anything for ears or like whatever I needed. And my kids were having like a hard time on one of their first flights. And some mom like gave me her Motrin. Like, I, I love that when moms just kind of like support each other and do that. So I've been inspired by a lot of that too. That's oh, a great. great reminder. And then you pay it forward. I was about to say, mm-hmm. pay it forward. Because if can I please just go on a flight? Like, just let me travel uh-uh. somewhere. Please, right. please. I'll, I'll be so kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a good Put me start. on a plane. I'll just hang out. Just let me go somewhere so I can be nice. Oh, well, yeah, we're all about kindness. And actually, as we as we like walk into the next month, we're doing like a whole kind of movement around kindness as we step into, I know we're wrapping up November now. And as we step into December, it's it's just a big peg for us here at Off the Gram because uh, this, this year has been tough for everybody. And there's been a lot of unkindness this quarter, especially. And we just want to help people reclaim their humanity. So thank you for being here with us and, and helping us do that today. You really gave us a little piece of that back. Uh, will you remind people where they can find you? Of course. Um, I have a blog. It's called Sam So Much. So it's just samsomuch.com. That's cute. Um, my comedy website is dcmm.tv. But the best way to find me, honestly, is on Instagram. Um, I have two accounts, all my comedy stuff for don't call me mommy is at don't call me mommy. And then my personal account is at Gutstadt, G-U-T-S-T-A-D-T. Thank you for spelling that because Lord knows we needed help. We will link them. Beautiful name. <laughs> and I love that you got like just the, the, the one name, like Madonna, like I'm so here right. for it, but thank you for spelling it. Okay. So we always wrap up this show with two, uh, two more little segments. They're real quick. And the first one's a lightning round. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you the questions. Ready. All right, girl. Question number one, morning or evening workout? Morning. All right. 
Good. Thank you. That's, that is the correct answer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> number two, what is your favorite workout? Peloton right now. Ooh, love that. Love that. Did you see the Beyonce What's up, thing? Cody? Um, I didn't. Oh yeah. She's doing like a collab. Oh, cool. Right. I love my um, okay. And number three, coffee, tea, or matcha? Espresso. Okay. Coffee. Get it. Okay. Our very last thing is called Megan. Karma call. So Megan says it awesome, but I'm a yogi. So I will explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing guests, what is one actionable item that you can give them to do for like a week, small action, giant result? I would. Oh, I like this. There's so many ideas. (laughs) Small action. Here's one that we just talked about. Why don't you find time to smile and laugh every day? Because it's really going to make you feel good during this time. Amazing. I love that. Somebody, sorry to like take a a little left turn, but like somebody told me that when I was running the marathon, she was like, in your toughest moments, just put on a fake smile. Number one, because you never know where the cameras are and you want to look good, girl. And number two, I promise if you smile, the rest of your psyche will catch up. And she was right. In my book, science proven. Laugh and smile. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. Yay. This was so fun. And thank you to everybody listening at home. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. 